devoted entirely to bringing some humanity back to the world of customer support. My name's Chase. I'm the founder of Support Ops. You probably already know where we are, but if you don't, then supportops.co. Check us out. This is episode number eight. And as always, I've got a great guest for you today. On the show is Ian Landsman. Ian founded uh, Userscape in 2005. Pretty simple vision, just making simple, affordable, and useful web-based customer service tools. He created HelpSpot, which is a customer support help desk app. And he's also working on a new one called Snappy, which they describe on the site as a futuristic email and Facebook help desk, which totally sounds exciting. I'm always stoked whenever a new uh, support app comes out. So a big welcome to Ian. Thanks for being on the show. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. It's really great. It's, uh, you know, just a, maybe a month or so back, I found your uh, podcast and, and the blog, and um, it's just a really refreshing take, like so much in the customer service, you know, blog world and podcast world is so uh, corporate and heavy and formal. You run a call center with 15,000 people and, you know, what should everything be about in those scenarios, and uh, there's so much less out there that's more targeted at startups or internet businesses or just smaller companies. So I think it's been really refreshing and uh, it's just been been great to find you. So I'm really happy to be on. Oh, well, thanks. That's It's one of those, like you said, there's so much corporate legalese whenever we talk about customer support. Um, a lot of times it gets wrapped up into uh, customer service, customer contact, customer experience, customer, customer, customer. And then at the end of the day, they're just talking about call centers, which are pretty, pretty miserable. Right. Um, so, you know, anything to kind of lighten things up a little bit, remind people that we're human, you know, right. you're interacting with humans. So um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's been a wild ride so far. Yeah, so, no, no. looks like you're doing great. <laughs> so, but this one, this one's about you. All right. <laughs> so, tell us about starting Userscape back in 2005. An internet age that's that's pretty old. Internet years are like dog years. You get an extra five per year, right? Right. Oh, exactly. That's <laughs> how I feel. That's uh, it's definitely definitely a long time ago. I mean, just um, yeah. So you know, <laughs> I started. I'd been working out of college, and um, I had some some uh, customer service responsibilities and people who worked for me and, and providing both um, on-site support as well as virtual support. And uh, the tool that we used there was this really horrible mainframe based thing that you couldn't, you know, didn't accept email. Obviously you couldn't even copy and paste into it because it was a terminal app. So you had to like manually type all the descriptions and, you know, here was this, you know, several thousand person organization that used this as their support tool and um so you know it just got me thinking that boy like if they're using this horrible thing there even though there's so much competition out there and there even back then there was a fair amount of support options um more client server based but uh i was like well you know maybe there's there's room for one more and just i had some different ideas on different things uh you know that i would like to see in a support tool and um so I just took it from there and started doing it. It was before, you know, there was really any help out there in terms of just programming wise. There was no frameworks really to speak of. jQuery wasn't around yet. So I know it may be a little bit too technical, but just to give people an idea, it's definitely, like you said, a very long time ago in the world of, uh, of technology. Yeah. And you know, you brought up a good point. Uh, you know, 2005, the, the support app market was 
not what it is today, but there's, there was definitely contenders out there and, and a lot of them were pretty crappy terminal and, and that kind of thing. Um, so when you started help spot, um, and, and even to today, what, what, what sets help spot apart from those other support apps that are out there? Yeah. So what I really focused on with help spot was, um, a lot of the other apps out there really try to do everything. So that you know, they have the kind of ticketing aspect, but then they have, you know, network monitoring and asset management and password resetting and, you know, all these other modules and extensions and all, all these sort of extra bits and pieces, pretty much, especially back then, they were really all like that. So with HelpSpot, you know, I just wanted to focus completely on the customer interaction aspect. So it was just going to be about email and there was a, a portal aspect, um, but it was really just about request management, letting you do that quickly, efficiently, um, getting back to your customers and you know, not having all the extra stuff, uh, you know, not, not being kind of okay at 50, you know, 50 different things, but just trying to be really good at two or three components and just focus on companies that really only need the the customer interaction piece, the the request management piece, and that don't care about all these other things that are more corporate IT um, type scenarios in which pretty much all those tools, especially back then, were focused on. Uh, now it's a little bit different. There's a lot more tools. You know, most of the modern big help desk apps that everyone knows that are SaaS um, are more like HelpSpot in terms of they tend to not do as many of those other ancillary bits. But back then, that was a, a big focus as all the, all the competition really tried to do it all. Yeah, and you know, I think you still get that today in, in some of the support apps. I, uh, Chase Livingston, one of the producer for the podcast, and uh, he's writing some articles for us too. He's uh, basically been going through and looking at different reviews, and there was one that come up that I use, I've used for a couple of years now, and he kind of wanted to get my take on it too. And the the biggest complaint I had for him was, look, you know, when you when you only need something that does email, and you have this this app that does email and Twitter and Facebook and phone chats and and live chats and 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 everything else. They can't be good at all those. Yeah, there's just no way, you know. So even, you know, even though the the support app that we use has it, like for instance, a Twitter component to it, um, the Twitter tool was so slow that we actually had to go out and build our own. Right, and, and it's it's kind of refreshing to see, you know, apps have a little niche, even inside the customer support kind of market. If an app is really great at email and that's all your team does is basically email, then that's the app for you. You don't need a million other tools. You don't need a sledgehammer to do something a scalpel could do. Right. Yes. And it gets very complicated um, these days, especially, you know, with the social media aspects. It's like, you know, these things are very different. So how do you even having just alongside in the same interface email with tweets, with Facebook posts, with, you know, you can get into then this kind of second tier social media sites. Like, you know, those things don't necessarily want to be together um, interface wise. So I definitely think that you see a lot of uh, definitely is just a challenging problem and that it can definitely muck up the works in these kind of new ways where, yeah, they don't have these, the old problems of asset managers, but then they have 30 social media integrations and uh, your whole interface is just kind of complicated, t- training new people is difficult and all those kind of problems. 
And I'm guessing your customers expect all the bolts and, and nuts and everything else. You know, um, we get emails all the time about, oh my God, you're not connected to such and such social media channel. What's wrong with you? Everyone's on it. And they're talking about, you know, some little bitty like name.com startup thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely uh, get those, you know, on, on both ends. So from a customer service perspective of, uh, you know, hey, I'm trying to talk to you over on this network. Why aren't you there? And then also um, from our customers saying, hey, we want to be over on that network. Why aren't you there? So uh, that it definitely does come up. And, you know, it's part of the kind of product management challenges is deciding where you can be and what you can do and all those different sort of things. So let's talk uh, some numbers for a minute so we can kind of get an idea of size of, of you know, userscape and, and help spot and such. How, how big's your team? Uh, how many customers are, are you helping on an average day? Can you kind of just talk about the size that we're dealing with? Sure. So, excuse me. So, um, userscape is, is still very small. We have five employees, um, and we've just grown very organically. So we don't really do any advertising or not very much. Um, and, you know, just start out with, just me by myself and it was just i was fine with it even just being me by myself um for for a while but obviously the business just grows and grows and you can't just you know be a one-man show anymore so um we've added people in along the way but we're still very small um on the average day we're going to help about 30 to 40 customers um with you know various questions help spots an on-premise product and we do have a, a hosted version as well but um you know, we still end up with a lot of support in terms of, you know, I'm running Windows 2008 server, uh, IIS, and I'm trying to install HelpSpot and something weird's going on or, you know, database issues. So, you know, our support can be complicated in that it's not just HelpSpot we're supporting in terms of its code and its features, but, um, you know, ancillary systems and supporting systems, web servers, databases, email connections to third parties. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of different pieces to that and, uh, and work that goes into helping customers, you know, in the end, get it up and running and working well for them. So when they're working through these, you know, different, um, problems for lack of a better word, you know, getting it to work with their database or, oh my God, they're running Internet Explorer 6 and they're trying to get it to work or something. Um, when you when they reach out to help and uh, for help and, and you're giving it back, is it kind of uh, like uh, primarily just email support? Do you do, uh, you know, we talk about Twitter and, and Facebook, that kind of thing, or, you know, is it just email? No, it's not just email. Okay. Um, so we do email, of course. Um, there is... Uh, a web portal where they can submit requests through those tend to then become emails. Um, certainly email is the majority, but we also do phone support as well. So, and especially with these more complicated problems um, with installation and things of that nature, it, it can just sometimes be flat out faster to get on the phone with someone or um, we will also do like go to meeting sessions and, um, and, share desktops, things of that nature, as well as we also will do demonstrations, uh, you know, still these days, some you know, more corporate clients, especially tend to like somebody to just sit there for an hour and walk them through the product and different features. Uh, so we do that as well. So 
um, yeah, we, we try to be as accessible as we can. Certainly Twitter, we also do uh, support on as well. If people ask us questions on there, then, uh, then we'll get back to them as best we can on Twitter within the limitations or else move it over to, to email if we have to. Um, so, yeah, we try to be as accessible as we can be for a small company. So you mentioned that you know some of your customers go ahead and st- and kind of host their own uh, their own installation of it. You know, having that that choice between do they want to host it, do do they want you to handle that for them, that kind of thing. Um, do you find people choose one over the other usually, or is it kind of an even split? Well, it's um, it's still more on premise than the hosted version, although it's definitely moving more towards the version. So that's certainly been a trend where people. You know, more in the last few years wanted um, the hosted solution. You know, part of HubSpot is, you know, has this history, and so people tend to bring it with them, and people tend to move within similar types of companies. And so if it's a company that, you know, is a financial financial institution, let's say, and they have a huge IT department, they want to run everything in-house, and it's all behind firewalls and all that stuff, then, you know, uh, HubSpot being an on-premise product is perfect for them. They want to download it. They want to install it. They want to do their own backups. They want to manage everything about it, and that's what they like. So, you know, we definitely have that that kind of niche that we work in um, in that space. And then you have, you know, the the more um, progressive customers or customers without those kind of needs or who don't have IT infrastructure, of course, and then they're looking for that that hosted solution. And that's also where kind of snappy fits in and where we started thinking about um, a a somewhat lighter tool and a tool that was hosted and that you could just start using in a few minutes or or less than a few minutes, you know, just sign up and be in it and using it. Um, So that's where that kind of second product came about as well through that kind of taking a look at where the market in general was going and where we thought we could add some value and, uh, and address these kind of changing needs that companies have. With companies that, that choose that, that hosted option, because it's, it's something that's kind of a, a foreign concept to me. Uh, all the companies that I've worked with before becoming a, a customer support person, um, all use kind of that SaaS model. They, they would pay Google or somebody else to kind of host the, the email and websites and stuff for them. Um, so it kind of intrigues me, you know, with, with your customers that are, say, for instance, the IT departments, um, when one of their, when somebody at their their company has a problem um, with helps uh, with HelpSpot, do they do they go to the IT team first, and then they kind of IT passes it off to you, or do they have a direct contact to you? Because um, I would imagine if it's if it's just going to like the IT team, um, the support experience might not be as great as you'd want it to be, since you don't have control over that. Um, yep. so, so do you find yourself in that kind of catch 22 when you do that? You know, there are, it can be very messy. That's for sure. Um, for the most part, people are still going to come directly to us. Uh, and we definitely emphasize that they do. We prefer that they come to us first. And even if we then need to involve their IT department, you know, we can, you know, help bridge that gap that sometimes exists between, you know, the languages everybody speaks for, you know, in terms of technical, uh, speak so we can guide them as to what it might need to do or change or, um, things like that. So, uh, most of the time, the kind of standard flow is that the department or group 
will find us on their own and then they'll do a trial and we have a hosted trial so they can they can try it and everything without needing to get anybody else involved and you know once they decide that they want to choose help spot um that's usually when they'll get those other resources involved the it groups and so on and uh figure out okay you know where exactly is it going to be installed do we have certain procedures or questions that need to be asked of userscape you know, regarding different, you know, security or installation process or things like that. Um, and then we can get those answered for them. And, and for the most part, it usually is pretty smooth. Um, and, you know, oftentimes, too, we're not the only product that departments working with that works like this. So they have HelpSpot for their email, um, but they have another tool that's a CRM, and they have another tool that's, you know, a document repository thing. So, you know, they often will be actually pretty knowledgeable about where they need to go for help, you know, in terms of is this an IT type thing because it's something is, you know, the server is completely offline. They know just to go to their IT group and they, they know not to come to us for those things. Um, but, you know, we pretty much always encourage them to come to us. If they're not sure or anything like that, start with us and we can then uh, guide them. Hopefully, right? You know? <laughs> Uh, so one of the things I was really intrigued with uh, with HelpSpot was kind of the pricing you have for it. Um, support apps in general tend to be kind of pricey. You know, some of them might be on the lower end of like twenty four bucks a month for for a rep, but some of them get into you know forty nine ninety nine dollars uh, a month for a rep, that kind of thing. But you offer a one time payment option, which is kind of cool two thirty nine for the lifetime of a user. Uh, is that a popular choice? And you know, what made you offer that? Along with the kind of month-to-month option. Yeah. So actually, um, HelpSpot actually doesn't have a true month-to-month option. So even when you get the hosted plan, um, that's uh, you pay for that separately and you pay for that month-to-month. But whether you're hosted or you are an on-premise customer, you actually own your licenses. So you buy them. You own them. You could do whatever you want with them. And each year there's an optional support renewal, but if you don't renew it, um, then the, the software still functions. You won't receive updates and you won't receive support, um, but the software still works. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because, right, so like in 2005, that was not really a radical decision. Uh, that was really more of the standard way a lot of the products and not just help us products were sold. Mm-hmm. Um now it's a little bit more radical in terms of definitely if you're comparing us first, you know, the, the different tools out there, our pricing structure is going to be different than a lot of the ones you compare it against. Um, you know, it's it's always tricky with pricing. Um, the pricing models, I think, served us pretty well overall. Um, it's definitely... Oh, it tends to be a selling point in that it's certainly over time almost always far less expensive to run HelpSpot uh, versus the competing products because, like you said, I mean, if you're charging $99 or even at a, the kind of middle tier plans of $49 uh, per month per user, obviously just in the first year you're at 600 and, you know, over five years, you know, you're at thousands and thousands of dollars. So um, with, with HelpSpot, you're just paying the one-time fee, and it's $49 per year for support and updates. And uh, so it's, it's very affordable. Um, you know, we've thought about changing it several times, and we've kicked it around a little bit. 
But other than a couple adjustments upwards over the years in terms of the price, um, we feel like it's it's been an overall positive and that people like it. It's um, something, again, especially for companies that are used to buying software and owning it, it it's, a, it's an advantage for them. And then for newer customers who are looking and comparing, um, when, when you really look at the numbers, it's much more affordable. So uh, it tends to work out. Yeah, I guess you know when you're dealing with those kind of IT corporate setups, it's it's like you're buying another Microsoft license or, or something. It's a one-time payment, and then you own it, and then that's kind of it. Right, so. your support, and you know you do your yearly support. And most companies, we have a very high rate of um, of companies renewing their support. So it's uh, it's just you know a pretty easy process for them. They only have to deal with it once a year. Uh, so you know that that all tends to work out pretty nicely. Nice, nice. Um, so I, I'm guessing, just kind of going on a limb here, but you probably use HelpSpot to manage your, your support, right? We do. <laughs> <laughs> good, because if you weren't, I was going to be concerned, I guess is a good word, uh, which is great. You know, you get to see your app in action. You get to see what needs to be improved and, and that kind of thing. So there's that instant feedback since you're using it. You're scratching your own itch, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm guessing there's some downsides too, like, what do you do if your app goes down? How do you how do you talk to customers who are writing in about your app uh, if your app is down? Assuming they're on that that hosted plan and not hosting it themselves. Well, you know, again, this is where HelpSpot's a little bit unique. So the hosting um, plan we offer is with a partner of ours called Engine Hosting, and it's it's different than a normal SaaS solution in that what you get is actually a cluster of virtual servers and each customer is isolated. Um, so short of like the entire sort of facility going down where this is hosted, we'll pretty much never be down when any large chunk of our customers are down, um, which again is, you know, that's some of the things that have kind of been lost over the years as everything's moved more towards um, the SaaS model is that, you know, things are in their separate silos, which sometimes is good. So if we're down, um, if our actual individual installation of HelpSpot is offline, the, the likelihood is that none of our other customers are affected at all. And so most of the time, on the rare occasions it's ever happened, it's a total non-issue. Um, you know, it, we get it back up in a few hours and everything's fine. Nobody is the wiser. Um, so that's one of the real you know, benefits of that model is that uh, you do have this kind of isolation and people aren't impacted by each other and and uh, you don't have those kind of support sort of emergencies in that sense where if you're offline, everybody's offline, nobody can reach you, nobody can reach their site, you know, all those kind of things you have with a, with a SaaS setup. And all of a sudden, all the support teams listening to us are going, hmm, we should check them out. <laughs> <laughs> That, that you know that's the biggest frustration i have and, and whichever support app you want to point out to that it's it's mostly the same thing if their app goes down you can't talk to your customers i couldn't talk to my customers if my support app went down um which means if it's only a couple of minutes that's fine but if we're talking 10 15 20 minutes then i've got to go back into like our gmail account um thankfully gmail never goes down really um and kind of start answering emails and, and from there which which helps out but i like the uh the idea of kind of splitting those up, it, it, it makes sense. Like you said, it's, it's, it's not this radical new concept. It's just something that's from earlier from 2005, 2006, that kind of, that was the norm back then. 
Right, and it allows customers to do, you know, especially with the way we have the hosting where they get these um, these sort of virtual machine clusters that are dedicated to them, is it allows the customers, you know, allows us to make it more affordable in that customers only need to buy what they need. So there's like a base plan that's very inexpensive, that's a small set of these virtual machines. Um, and But, you know, maybe you have a big customer that's doing thousands and thousands of tickets a day. Well, now they can just get a bigger set of servers. They're going to pay a little bit more a month, but they can get as much RAM and hardware resources as they need to run their installation, you know, extremely fast. And so um, it, it, there's other advantages such as each account, since it's isolated, actually you can have SFTP access. They can upload their own scripts and files and things into their accounts. They have access to the actual databases themselves so they can download their database. Even though it's hosted, they could do their own backups and download their actual data. Um, they can work against the database maybe there's some crazy report that needs to be run that's not built in and so they are going to actually run a sql query to get that report data out um, they have access to the actual database to do that so you know it's a lot of uh, advantages like that that are there that um, when you really kind of start to dig deeper than just the kind of initial how fast can i get into it uh, there are definitely some serious advantages to to this model so you've got HelpSpot that kind of follows that model and that kind of thing, but you mentioned Snappy. Um, so I want to pick your brains a little bit on that. Snappy, you said you're looking at a, looking at things a little differently. Uh, the site, like I mentioned, describes it as a futuristic email and Facebook help desk kind of thing. And uh, it lets us know that it's about 75% finished. Uh, so can you tell us anything about it or is it kind of all still under wraps? Yeah, no, no. Happy to talk to you about it. Um, it's in beta now, so we have about 400 accounts, I think, in there, and you know people are starting to use it and really kick the tires a bit. Um, so it's it's functional and uh, and so far, you know, we really like it. Um, you know, we had a couple couple of different things that we were thinking about. So one is a to kind of have a presence in that space of just you know easy sign up. Light a little bit lighter. So HelpSpot over the years, you know, has added a lot of features. It it does a lot of things, um, and we've done, I think, a very good job of still keeping it very usable. So if you don't have those big heavy needs of a big team and a lot of formalization, it still works really well in that environment. Um, but it it just as it's matured, it certainly has become more of a you know of a of a not heavy is not the right word, but a uh, a, a, a sophisticated tool. Sophisticated, I like that. Yeah, so that's the word I'm looking for. Um, so we wanted to, to have a, a new app that um, kind of brought it back a little bit, lighter, simpler, really fast, really easy to, to pick up and use. Um, and it, was all, it could also be a place to try out some different ideas. So when you have an existing application, it could be hard to you know, just wholesale, hey, let's try this whole new UI metaphor or things like that, you know, especially in customer service. These are people who are in this application all day, every day. Um, you know, they know exactly where things are and how they work. And so we, you, know, you always want to be improving that, but you also can't necessarily take radical um, shifts off that. So with Snappy, we could try some different UI things we've been thinking about. We could get a little more involved in um, social media and things like that, put our toe into that and 
in a new in a new place where we could see do people really use it do people really like it um how does that fit into a help desk environment and can we make it work in a way where the ui works across these different sort of concepts um which i think with when you're building a pure traditional help desk tool where you tend to have like rows and grids and things like that i think it breaks down in terms of integrating the social media aspects a little bit so with snappy our ui's you know taking a different approach with it and we're going to see if it if it works better um so far we like it and we still have more work to do but uh you know so far it's it's working out well so in a couple of months when I call you back and be like, hey, come back and tell us about Snappy, then you'll be able to come back and be like, yeah, this worked. This didn't work. And this was a great idea, but this is horrible. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of what we're really looking forward to is like um, trying different things and being you know, a little bit more experimental in some different fronts. And uh, we're definitely going to be doing a lot of that. We've already, you know, we've just been already things we've removed in the beta, things we've changed significantly. So it's been great to to do that. And one of the big advantages, of course, of a SaaS app, which is on this aspect, I love, is that you can do those things so quickly and effortlessly. We can just roll out new features, roll out changes, um, you know, just, in a click of a button where, you know, in HelpSpot, you know, you have to release a full a full release that people have to download and update. Um, you know, you have customers who will just, just won't do that. So you're supporting older versions because, you know, they, they're happy with the version they're on and they're not that interested in the new features. So they're on older versions. Um, so you have, you know, a lot of complexity there in the support process in terms of what actual version of the actual software are you using and things of that nature uh, where... Obviously, it's just great to be able to fix bugs and roll out new features just effortlessly. So final question. Um, Tell me about the best customer service, the best customer support you've gotten, but where you were on the receiving end. So you were the customer and it just, it rocked your socks off. Yeah, so that's a a good question. Um, There's a couple that stand out to me, um, but probably the one... Uh, most impressive to me is a company we work with called Bitrock, and what they do is they make uh, they do uh, several different things. But the thing we work with them on is they make an installer, a Windows installer. And so, uh, years ago, when you needed to install HelpSpot on Windows, you had to actually install PHP and do a bunch of configuration and. Many Windows shops, they don't already have a PHP server running someplace. Um, so they needed these different components installed. They never had them installed. So it was a, a lengthy installation process. So we decided, I guess it was about, be about four or five years ago, to um, have this company, Bitrock. We're gonna, we were going to use their Windows installer, and they customized it for us to meet our needs. And... Um, that's it's been spectacular. Now installing HelpSpot on Windows is just you know a couple of clicks and everything's installed for you. You don't have to think about anything. It it works really really well. And you know the thing about their support that really um, I think stands out to me the most is not just that it was you know one time I had a great experience and that made my day, but over five years they have continued to provide excellent support. Every time we need something from them, every time we have, you know, some weird special case thing we want them to do or, uh, you know, there's a problem and we need their assistance, um, they've always been extremely responsive, 
they have an excellent staff. Um, they're able to solve our problems, you know, very efficiently. And so it's really about not just that one time or a couple times, but over years, they've just continued to do that. And so that's one of the people, um, you know, one of the groups we've worked with that always stands out to me when I think of great customer service, because to me, that's, that's really the epitome of it. It's not just, you know, I made you happy this one time, but every time you come to us, you know, we resolve your problem and you're really happy when you leave. And, you know, that's, that's the goal I have for, for userscape. Um, when we provide support and, uh, you know, to work with them and see them do that with us is, is great. Awesome. So that's it for this show. You can reach out to Ian on Twitter where he's at Ian Landsman, just like his name. Make sure to head over to his website, ianlandsman.com. He's got some great posts over there. Trust me, I spent a couple of days reading through it just to kind of get a feel. It's really some great writing, so check it out. Uh, thanks to Chase Livingston, our pro- uh, podcast producer. And let me know what you thought of the episode. You know, hit us up on Twitter. We're at SupportOps there. Shoot us an email, supportops.co. There's that big old contact link up at the top there that you can click and get straight to us. I'm Chase. I'll see you again next week. Thank you.